Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's up? Welcome to Season 4 of Comic Book Nation, where we're all back in the studio for the first time in a long time. If yeah. you are watching the podcast, if you're listening, it means nothing to you that we are all in this location. <laughs> but to all our viewers, we're happy to have you back with us out here in the studio. And if you're watching up here, you can tell we have a special guest with us today, Matt do your signature introduction for us, oh, please. I have a signature introduction? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so, you know, we always love to talk about Miss Marvel around here. And today we have Aramis Knight of Miss Marvel, who plays Kareem, a.k.a. Red Dagger, slash the Red Daggers now. It's like expanded. It's such a yeah. big thing. How are Franchise you? Expanded. Very good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Where's your studio located? Nashville. Uh, we're in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, nice. Yeah. Like random. It's so weird. When I moved here, I was like, wait a minute, comic book is in Nashville? Like, that's awesome. That's yes. what everybody says. <laughs> we, are, we are the uh, media company down here in Nashville. That's that's us. Yes. Some people say New York. Some people say LA. We say no, Nashville. Here we are. We're in a country music building. Hi, Rex. I love it. Yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa. That's too much information. We're getting, we're getting too much we are at yeah. one. <laughs> that's going to be good. Oh, God. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. Uh, very excited of these last couple episodes, and we're about to lead into the finale. Um, you know, one of the things to just kind of launch us a bit is how cool it is that the show has taken so much time in putting together, like, Kamala's superhero identity. Like, there's so much thought put into each piece, right? Whether it's the broken necklace, uh, whether it's the, the actual bracelet itself, and all that ties to your lineage. And now we see that, you know, the scarf also has meaning. Because yeah. Kareem was the one that actually gave that to her. And so, you know, it's, that's going to happen now. Like, that's a part of this character moving forward in the MCU. How does it kind of feel to be such a kind of a now a critical and foundational part of that character moving forward? Oh, man. I mean, it's a dream come true just to be a part of the MCU in general, uh, let alone, you know, being on a show like this that we all have so much passion for and are also, you know, representing for a culture. It's... Uh, there's a lot of good and, and seemingly no bad with this show. For sure. For sure. What I have been wondering is this show is such an amazing kind of cultural window. And each episode comes out packed with all kinds of Easter eggs and details that when we kind of step back, if we are not kind of culturally familiar, we can research and we learn all kinds of fun things whether it's just from the streets of Pakistan and how that operates or Bollywood movies and references that we're getting. I'm really kind of interested for your part when you guys are doing the Red Daggers, 
what kind of cultural influences or show or staples did you guys work into the physical aspect of your character, the action, the choreography, the fighting style? Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, fighting style wise, I, I come in with, uh, four or five years of wushu background so i was able to to bring that to the character uh definitely helped a lot with the the stance work and and uh uh really just the form throwing the daggers as well as the hand-to-hand combat which i did most of myself uh but but i had a dialect coach and a, and a culture coach uh to make sure that that we were being authentic to the accent also authentic to the culture uh and it took many many hours of training to uh to get to the point where where you guys see in the show um, when we went to Thailand, actually, we, we had to quarantine two weeks when we had first gotten there, uh, cause it was the beginning of COVID and, uh, every single day I was, I was on zoom with my dialect coach, just, just pretty much grinding the whole time. Oh my gosh. That is so great. Actually, I'm, I'm so excited to meet you personally as a character on the show, but for people who aren't really involved with comics and they don't know that comic book character, we haven't seen a lot of you yet. So I have a few questions in the comics. I know that you have like an on and off again relationship with Kamala. Um, do you guys like, do you have any romance with her at all that you're seeing in the season? Um, I don't know if this season I would say it's, it's romance. Uh, I think I've become a great ally for Kamala. And I think uh, we become very close very quickly based on kind of the traumas that we go through together. We're, we're very trauma bonded by the time uh, episode five comes around. Uh, I, I think there's, you know, I think there's chemistry between the characters. There's definitely good chat, good banter. But uh, uh, as of now, I, I, I just see them as uh, as kind of uh, work, uh, work allies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love that. OK, so on the other flip side of that, is there any possible resentment that, you know, Kareem has worked his entire life to become a hero and Kamala just kind of gets a bangle and is born with that ability. Like, is there? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And I think, um, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, well, I, I guess I wouldn't say resentment as much as I think, uh, cream is, is very willing to challenge her. And, uh, I think he also, uh, realizes that, that he's got a lot that he could teach her. She, she could learn a lot from him. Um, I think it, it served really well, uh, in real life too, bringing our real life dynamic to the screen because, uh, you know, I'm a child actor started when I was five, uh, and, and Iman, this is, uh, she's, she's new to this all. So it was like, it's, it's very much, uh, oh, wow. life imitating art. Um, uh, it, it was easy to, to bring that sort of, uh, uh, sort of confidence and knowing, um, that, that Kareem has just, just based on the fact that, you know, I've been doing this so long. It's so awesome to watch. I love your chemistry. I can just feel it. Like the moment you were on screen with her, I just felt that. It's really great to see. Yeah, Iman and I are, are really good friends, so it wasn't too difficult. Awesome. Over. My question is, as we were kind of indicating at the beginning, this show has taken the Red Dagger character and expanded it into an entire new kind of bigger mythology of this group with these deep ties to the region. Now that you have this larger framework to play with, where else in the MCU would you like to see Kareem or the Red Dagger show up, just from your personal preference, in some storylines that maybe they weren't first featured in the comics, but you think would be great for the MCU? Yeah, um, I mean, selfishly, I'd, I'd love to work with Moon Knight uh, just because just I love Oscar Isaac. Um, 
but uh, I, I think a, a Deadpool Red Dagger meetup would would be really cool. Very interesting. I think oh, yeah. we would uh, be a pretty dynamic duo. How can we make that happen? Do we need to start say, like, a, make that happen. Yes. <laughs> like a campaign? <laughs> That's so good. Oh my gosh. Love it. You gotta call Mikey up. Yeah. I'll just yeah. ring him. He's my buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah. Just the the talk about the color red and how to wear it alone would be, would be yeah. too hilarious. Not red. Right. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of fashion appreciation in this room already. So, like, yeah, that scene would yeah. go over quite yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, my last question is: uh, Is there anything you can tease us on the finale and possibly a season two? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a really big episode. Uh, without giving anything away, I'll say um, I think you see connections in the series that uh, are maybe a bit unexpected. Uh, and and you definitely see how much uh, Kamala uh, values Kareem uh, as a, an ally for her. Um, you know, he, he says when they say goodbye, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm just a call away. So... Uh, You'll, you'll definitely be be seeing more of Kareem, and I'm uh, I'm excited to for for everyone to to really know how how the show is going to end. Um, as for season two, you know it's totally totally up to them. Uh, but I, you know, we're all crossing our fingers, hoping for it. We got uh, really good ratings, so I, I think the chances are high. Uh, and I've got loads of ideas for season two. <laughs> yes. Love that. I actually heard in another interview, I'm just going to throw this out here that you went in and you had to kind of tell everyone like, Hey, I have training, like use me to my full capability um, and like yeah. what I can do. And so it kind of seems like you are able to tell them. Yeah. You know, act actors are babied a lot on set. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just like babied, like uh, treated like, uh, like we're super delicate, I guess. Uh, I consider myself like a pretty tough person. You know, I, I grew up as, as a basketball player. So uh, competitive spirit and like uh, the willingness to do things has always really lived in me. Uh, so whenever, you know, I'm on set and they, they want my double for something that, that I know I could do just as good. Uh, yeah, it definitely bothers me a bit. But um, uh, yeah, coming back around when we were shooting Dobie Got, uh, uh, Noah Garrett, uh, who was originally uh, Kamran's stunt double, uh, Risha's stunt double. He was promoted to be uh, our stunt coordinator. And we were really good friends and we had trained together and he kind of knew my abilities. He knew that I trained in Wushu uh, and he was just my good friend. So, so we sat down and had a talk and I was like, dude, like actually utilize me. Like I can really do a lot of stuff here. And, and to be honest, like uh, if you look at every other, you know, hero in the MCU, I mean, how many of the actors are actually doing their action. You know, it's something really new that I can bring to the MCU. And uh, after having that discussion, they, they really built the fights around what I'm, I'm best in, uh, which is like, you know, hand to hand combat and um, kicking and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I was super thankful to, to be able to have some say at least in, in the action. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I loved hearing that. I was like, oh, we have to touch on that. People have to know how hard he worked like with the yeah. combat too. So I definitely appreciate that about you. Yeah, the effort showed on screen. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I know we got to let you go, uh, but I would be remiss to not at least mention uh, one of my favorite topics around here, champions. Uh, when we talked to Aman, uh, she was down to, to kind of lead a team, right? Uh, she's, uh, she's led in the books. Uh, if the opportunity were to arise, would you uh, be down for joining that team? A little MCU champions action? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just waiting for the call. 
<laughs> and we'll see if we can get Moon Knight in that same group yeah. somehow. He doesn't really fit, and but Deadpool. like we'll just figure it out. Yeah, Deadpool we'll, too. Like <laughs> Deadpool too. Yeah, put it all together. This will really just be Kareem's team, yes. and then yeah, that that'll be the. I love that. <laughs> I'm pulling for that Red Dagger versus uh, Jake Jake Lockley matchup. Oh my god, yeah. it'd be amazing. Uh, it'd be awesome. Uh, and then you guys can like duel on accents as well. It'll oh, be, yeah. be a full Yeah, thing. true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, of course, you can catch the uh, finale. Man, next week, that's crazy. That's right around yeah, the corner. Right? And uh, man, kudos on all the success. And thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. And catch you later. Talk soon. That's super fun. All He's right. So nice. Thank you to Armis Knight. Red Dagger, part of Miss Marvel, which is streaming on Disney Plus, and the finale is coming up this week. I'm sure you guys are caught unaware of that and have no idea that's happening, but uh, just wanted to inform you. <laughs> All right. So Especially now that we've got this. done our, uh, just like uh, Jesus Samara, we got illustrious guests, and so after our illustrious guests, we're gonna keep it moving. <laughs> you like that one? You like that one? That's good. So let's talk some news. We're going to stick with Marvel for a second. Have you all seen this Namor picture that's out there? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Black Panther 2 is the next film coming after Thor Love and Thunder, which we will be discussing in full spoilers at the end of the show. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is coming. We still have no official idea about what this story is going to be, but the Marvel machine never stops. The merch is getting made, and so therefore we are getting leaks. And we got a look at Namor in this past week. Uh, we got more than that. We got Namor. I think we got a Tuma, which is uh, another kind of aquatic character, villain for Namor. And uh, yeah, it's played by Tanakh Huerta, who starred in Narcos Mexico, if you've ever watched Narcos Mexico. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this has been an easy thing. We were joking before the show that this is hashtag not my Namor, but uh, you yeah, know, that's a very real reaction to... <laughs> for some people who uh, who are seeing this picture. Um, if you haven't seen it, go on comicbook.com, Marvel, check it out. It's out there. And it, it's very much Namor, but with much more of a kind of South American, ancient South American vibe, right? Mm -hmm. He looks like he's very kind of Aztec-ish with the armor and the, just the kind of facial structure. He's got the nose rings and the thick kind of jade earrings and all that. And it's that... Like I said, ancient kind of South American cultural influence. Um, I mean, that's why they got a Latin American actor. Yeah. And <laughs> so basically, yeah, this version of Namor in Atlantis is going to have, you know, the sunken cities of the Aztecs and things like that. It was like what we're going to go in with, which I get. Uh, Aquaman kind of already took, right. know, stole that whole Pan Pacific vibe. Mm -hmm. And that's already done. Jason Momoa is locking down everything from Hawaii to <laughs> Japan. You know, he's like, yeah, that's all Aquaman vibe. Yeah. So you got to go where the oceans allow you <laughs> whatever's left. And you're like, yeah, all right, well, South America, I mean, has plenty of culture and, you know, wonders down there. And why not? Name it. And also that hasn't been... Like, even from just, yes, from a separate, like, trying to keep it separate vibe. But also, like, that hasn't just overall hasn't been explored no. a lot. So it, it does kind of feel, I mean, yes, I, under, I totally understand looking at this picture why people, why some will be, like, especially if you look at our, <laughs> our header image right here, our cover image of, like, classic Namor. But, like, 
I don't know. I think he looks cool. Like I, yeah. I think he looks, I think different he looks like a wrestler. Kind of fresh. I think he looks like he's in the WWE. Like I, as someone who watches WWE yeah. on a regular basis, like yeah, I can totally see like that. that not in this, not, not thing, in the though. image that is showing right now. Like that is classic yeah. Namor to me. But definitely this new image. He he looks like a straight up like WWE, he looks WWE cool. like wrestler. <laughs> he looks cool. It's just yeah, it's a totally different vibe. The most important thing that we have to all remember here are is are the muscles in check like is he looking buff and like godly and yes yes he does so yeah i mean that's, that's concept there we'll see what the man looks like <laughs> you know marvel's a machine they get those bodies in order so i'm expecting great things but um yeah i think you know you always got a thing like aquaman we were all everybody's all up in arms about jason momoa tattoos and all that but when you saw that movie and you saw him in the water mm -hmm. it all it was fine like, yes. it all looked fine. It was, And he put him in the orange suit, and it was all awesome. It looked awesome in the orange yeah. suit. I so think cool. this will be Namor. I think that this still looks... He has that imperial kind of nature to him. He looks like he, he will act like a snobby king. I was going to say, this comes from someone who's not... I'm not a Namor fan. Nobody I is. You. I don't know about... No, I mean, I mean I think people Nicole are Namor is, fans, Nicole's but like... Namor fan. But, yeah, but yeah. what does that even mean? It means you get to read a bunch of obscure, half-formed stories about Namor. Like, does he yeah. have the foot wings? I mean, that's the foot the, wings, I mean, that's yeah, the you got to have question. that. Does he you have You got to do that. If they don't do that, if they have flippers or something, I mean, people are going to flip out. But uh, <laughs> Be like the deep and have some <laughs> weird gills in the, yeah. in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, we saw that. Atuma feels like, uh, yeah. like an aquatic enemy. Um, and in that same thing. Yeah. And I'm not mad about the South American things. I think there's a lot of interesting things you can do with that. And like I said, you know, Aquaman already grabbed that other side of the ocean. So you may you do with what you with what you can. So not to make a carbon copy of right. Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So I get it. I get it, guys. I get it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we saw this week is that uh, we got official confirmation that our boy Vinny, our friend of the show, Vinny, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and yes. Charlie Cox have been officially confirmed or, or not. It was officially confirmed. It was just reported. Okay. Not reported. officially confirmed. Let's yeah. chill. Reported. But it's been reported that you they said. will be showing up in the Echo Disney Plus series. And that will be the kind of first reunion of our Marvel, Netflix, Daredevil and Kingpin within the MCU. They both appeared separately, of course. But now this will be their official reunion. And um, it's been interesting to kind of gauge the reactions to this you know obviously people are celebrating throwing up memes like hello marvel kings like you know your turn <laughs> you know all that stuff and um you love that but um there's also some people who are kind of questioning like well if we have daredevil and kingpin is this is this even an echo series anymore or like why even do it here why not just do a Daredevil series, which guys, we are getting another Daredevil yeah. series that's already happening. So. Also, it makes perfect mm -hmm. sense from where yeah. the character was introduced. Right. Yeah. How her ties to, like, where else would he show up? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, now bringing Daredevil <laughs> also makes sense. Like, like, I don't know. I think that's like just reaching to be pissed about something. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Like, I, think, we're, I think in that case, we're working hard to be angry. Like, yeah. Yeah. we are getting Daredevil and Kingpin and Echo. We are also getting a Daredevil series. And so, like, yeah, don't we also got worry. Echo and a Hawkeye series and it didn't hurt anything. Yeah. So, right. You know, um, and we had Black Widow, Echo, Kingpin and a whole bunch of stuff in Hawkeye and didn't hurt anything. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not mad at this. Um, I think it's a good. And like Matt said, there's a big part of Maya Lopez's story that has to do with Daredevil yeah. and that obviously has to do with Kingpin and uh, it's going to be cool. 
We also heard additionally that not only will Daredevil be showing up, but this whole Marvel Netflix ball is going to get rolling because we have heard other rumors reporting that Daredevil will be in three out of six of the episodes of Echo and that he will be there kind of on this mission to find a former ally who we know as Jessica Jones. Which also goes hand in hand with recent rumors that, uh, not rumors, but the actual fact that Disney Plus has changed the title of the Jessica Jones series. If you watch it on Disney Plus, it is now AKA Jessica Jones in the title cards. It might say Jessica Jones when you go to click on it, but when you actually watch the show, they changed all the title cards to say AKA Jessica Jones. Oh, okay. So, it, yeah, I mean, this ball seems like it's, it's pretty clearly. They also released this whole thing this week saying it's all connected with Marvel Netflix yes. and did all that. So, um, yeah, it seems like all of this is happening in tandem as we Jeff come Loeb is speeding. Like somewhere. I know, Jeff Loeb, <laughs> Jeff Loeb is just like just in a shower or some hotel, like drinking a bottle of whiskey. Like Marvel crying. TV looks at this like all the people that that would man, that would annoy me. It's kind of like me and Nick always talk about where like the new NXT to WWE relationship is so different than the old one. And mm-hmm. those people are probably like, where did where was this? Mm-hmm. Marvel TV must be like, really? We couldn't get this kind of rollout when we were crossing <laughs> over with everything. That must be annoying. And I, I totally understand that frustration. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be annoying for me, too. So it's cool I'm now. I'm a huge fan. I love oh, Jessica Jones. That's one of my favorite Marvel shows ever. So I'm freaking out. Always down for more Jessica Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, this all sounds good. I mean, yeah. And I don't expect this to be in. I think that we're going to get Charlie Cox's Daredevil in Echo. I also think we're going to see Matt Murdock possibly in She-Hulk show up. So, oh, like, yeah. Would make sense, too. Makes sense too. So there's no shortage to any of this. So I'm not trying to limit myself, as Janelle uh, so aptly put it. These are the major players in that street-level Marvel world. So it just makes sense for them all to be mingling and and intersecting and all that stuff. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to see one. Absolutely. I I am not mad at this at all. At all. Bring back my Misty Knight, even though she's... Oh, Misty Knight. She's (laughs) holding down that Judge show. Bring back my Misty Knight. Um, She's amazing. Yeah, so uh, that's some Marvel news. Matt, you wanted to throw in some wrestling news at the end here. So uh, oh, yes. take us into this non-controversial thing you're about some, to do. Uh, some, some breaking-ish news. Um, people who have been following all of the Vince McMahon drama have uh, known about the reports previously that said he was being investigated by the board for a $3 million um, essentially payoff uh, to hide a, an alleged affair with a former WWE paralegal. And that was essentially hush money and NDAs were involved. Well, now a new report from the Wall Street Journal has kind of updated that and unearthed that it's actually four different uh, payoff cases. They were all with uh, former WWE employees. And now we're looking at a number around 12 million uh, over the course of 16 years. Uh, so that is what the newest update is. There's a lot more information that kind of dives into each case. Uh, one was a former uh, competitor, and, and, and it, goes, it goes a lot further than that. Uh, you can find all the details on comicbook.com on our, in our article, our excellent article. But uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where we've talked about Vince McMahon and the thing that like finally kind of moves him out of the picture. He's already stepped the down the from the CEO position and from the chairman spot. And his daughter has stepped in. Uh, John Laurinaitis, who was the VP of talent relations, who was also included in this investigation, has since been um, they haven't officially, you know, fired him. But the reports are that he's kind of he's been moved out of that position and it's kind of 
unknown what's going on there, but he's not in that role right now. So mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff has happened. He's been showing up on TV, kind of what has been looked at as kind of a, hey, I'm still here. I'm still in power. I might not be in that role anymore, but I'm still uh, over creative and stuff. I don't know if the mounting things moves, changes that and makes to where, you know, he doesn't show up on TV anymore and we start seeing a smaller role. Don't know. None of that. That stuff's up in the air. Uh, I, I don't know if they will address it tonight on SmackDown, but I uh, will be very interested to see if they address it at all, because so far they've addressed it way more on TV than I ever thought they kind of wow. would. So. Uh, but that's the latest update from there. Do you think we've had enough of these headlines to fill out one of those Vic, Vince McMahon like falling out of his seat memes yet? <laughs> oh, that, that, have you seen the man? The, the meme machine has been <laughs> hard at work, hard at work. <laughs> With, with all those. Uh, so, yeah, it is, uh, it is something else. All right. Well, thank you for that dark let off. I think we're going to take a break from there. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Miss Marvel's latest episode, The Boys finale, Stranger Things, Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> yeah, we have time for all this. And uh, <laughs> comics as well. So stay tuned and watch us uh, cartwheel through all of that. <laughs> Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation Season 4, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. So now we are going to illustrate how we are your one-stop stop for your one-stop shop for all things geek culture by going kind of across the world here of uh, current oh, yeah. content that's out there. Um, let's move it around. Uh, can we move it around a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's do Thor last, so people okay. don't have to be spoiled of that. Rich, I'm sorry. We're going to do Thor last. Let's talk about Miss Marvel since we uh, just got done. Um, this was a big Marty McFly episode. Uh, you got her, you know, one of these kind of grandfather loop episodes for Ms. Marvel where Kamala traveled back to the past of Pakistan and during the partition and saw the story of her great grandmother and great grandfather who were both thirst traps who met each other <laughs> randomly and then had this awesome thirst trap romance in their yes. shack. And uh, yeah, but of course, partition, you know, came and broke things up. And um, yeah, I, I think this episode for me, I'm just going to kind of make this quick because we got a lot to do, is the epitome of what I've been saying about Miss Marvel all along. And I think it's going to be true for this whole series for me, which is this is like the best, one of the best solo character stories mm-hmm. I've seen and like world building and character building stories I've seen from Marvel, period. Um, it's also just one of the weakest in terms of Marvel lore 
like every time it has to go Marvel is where I kind of yeah. lose it. Uh, or I don't lose it, but I'm just like, well, this isn't as good. And I wish we could have stuck with the thing. Like, if this had just been like a movie about two grandparents, a girl, a Pakistani girl finding out, you know, like the, what's that Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves movie with the mailbox. The, mailbox. the lake yeah. house. The lake house, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah, if it was like the lake house and it's like some girl finding out how her grandparents fell in love and what Such makes her an, family special. Such an underrated like, rom-com, man. Yeah, I know. But like, I mean, that's why we reference it all the time. Um, but, um, you know, and found out why her family is the way it is and in and, and that belief brought together her grandmother and her mother yeah. for that beautiful scene, you know, where they're kind of bridging those generational yeah. gaps. Like that have been an awesome movie. And I'd be like, yeah, we should be thinking Oscar for this. You know, like same thing. It's when we have to get into the Marvel of yeah. it all that I'm just like, yeah. And like, again, these power sets, I'm not one of these Ms. Marvel. Like, I can't believe they changed the powers. Red Hulk um, in the comments. We are. I'm not <laughs> one of those people. I get the change. I get why. But I still think in this particular iteration of this character, you know, on a TV budget, it, it still kind of looks funny. Like trying to get in that poor... They really, the most ambitious thing in this whole show was a sequence where they tried to get a younger child actor to walk up those invisible Oh, I loved steps. that sequence. I loved the meaning of yeah. it, but I didn't love the way it looked or the oh, execution. See, I, I was just like, ah, yeah, there's only so much you can do with child See, that didn't seem, I, I love that because I thought, oh, they explained, like, we've been looking for the explanation of why that existed <laughs> this whole time as far as steps. I, I love the part, but I let yeah. Danelle go. I didn't know why, like, no one was noticing it happening. Like, there's a crowd that's, that's of people. Brutal. It was yes. very awkward to me. Like, I didn't that like I that. Totally. I didn't like that moment very much. I'm kind of with you on that. I just felt like it could have been done differently and better. Like, even if she just, like, used her big hand to, like, like put yeah. her and, like, throw her to her dad. Well, I something. thought the end of that yeah. was really effective when it's, like, mm -hmm. when it's the, the traces start showing and he... It, you, that yeah. is what he picks up That's on. He true. finds her. Thought that yeah. was really effective. Yeah. You could have just done that. Right. Just have that guide her yeah. along the way if you didn't want to do the other. Yeah. I was. But, I, was I mean, but I'm not gonna like fault the show yeah, for no, no, that no. moment. I, uh, I I don't know. Is it my turn? Can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt so emotionally connected to this episode, and this is like I've really enjoyed this entire series, but this episode actually had me not getting distracted. I yeah. wasn't on my phone and I wasn't like met playing with my dog and I just was so immersed in it. And yeah. that is the first time this season. And I didn't realize that I wasn't feeling that way mm. until this episode hit. And yes, that backstory. Oh my gosh. Like I just want to see more of them. Yeah. Like that is what I care most about right now. So it, I feel like the backstory kind of stole the show, but I'm happy about it because I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really don't know I have no idea how they're going to get everything into one more episode. I think these shows need to be longer. I know. I, I feel like we say that almost every, every show time. is like, how the heck are they going to do it? And nine times out of 10, I feel like they we leave. They do a fine job. They, they do like, they get 80%, yeah. right? Yeah. I feel like they'll get 80%. I feel like Obi's probably one of the better ones. Uh, also Hawkeye right there, right? It's yeah. like delivering everything. But, but I agree with you. I feel like this, the backstory has... There's been so much love and attention put into all the pieces that make up Miss Marvel. And so when, when we're finally getting to the Miss Marvel of it, right, when she actually has the full costume, mm -hmm. all of these things have meaning now that they didn't have before, which just be, oh, it's the suit from the books. Yeah. And that, that wears off very quickly. 
Okay, yeah. I know everyone loves to be like authentic, authenticity to the right. comics, but that wears off pretty quickly. And then you're just like, oh, well, what's next? I love that there's so much tied to each piece and it mm -hmm. means that you're invested in her when she finally becomes that person. But I agree, I felt like this show ended like the that real ending was after the families come back together. She has her thing with Kareem. Yeah. And then right there is when the credits yeah. need to roll. Yeah. Then you get this weird kind of shoehorned ending. The you get this weird shoehorned <laughs> in thing. And it just felt kinda like, weird. what, is this a different episode? Like it's I almost a Marvel thought finale, thing. I know, bro. but I just was like, there's just this kind of, uh, not dysfunction, there's just kind of disjointedness to that. That I, I do agree with. So like the marvelness of it hasn't I've said this throughout the whole show. It's been my my least, I don't I care least about that. Yeah. Not in a bad way, but just in like all oh, the other stuff is so good. That's why I'm here. And this pretty much continued that. This was like a perfect epitome of that. This episode made me cry, which was like amazing. Great, man. It, I just it was so emotional. But yeah, and I don't know how they're gonna get the do it all in the finale. Yeah. 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 But I, loving these new characters like yeah. Kareem. That was, I, I love him, and I, mean, I just, yeah. We'll I mean, I just have to say a shout out to Fawad Khan, who is like a international super Pakistani superstar actor, but uh, has just created a new, whole new level of things called grand zaddy, or great grand zaddies. <laughs> which I don't think was a thing before this I episode. Saw him trending all over the place. Yeah. Like people just sharing <laughs> pictures of him. That's amazing. That's awesome. We never oh, had man. great grand zaddies. I mean, yeah. zaddies we've had, we've had grand zaddies, but taking it to great grand zaddy level is, man, Khan, this man is a legend. So uh, yeah, yeah, he was great. And uh, his co-star in this one, um, I'm sorry if I butcher these names, Muish Hyatt is, uh, you know, another Pakistani incredibly famous they were actress. Both fantastic. Yeah, and you can see why in this episode and um American audiences getting introduced to them and thirst trapping them is is Great. amazing to me. Yeah. Yes. More international thirst trapping. Thank you. All right. Speaking so, of thirst. What were we talking about again? I don't know, no. but I was like Miss <laughs> <laughs> Marvel. I was like thirst uh, trapping. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do in this finale, bro. I'm worried that this, these Marvel finales are always kind of hella weak to yeah. me and I'm kind of worried about this one because like you said the cultural stuff seems it, it seems like all we're going to do is have Kamala's whole family make her a costume, go say, go kick some, they're not going to say ass, but they're going to say, go kick some butt and she's going to go and save her yeah. buddy Bruno. And that part will be awesome. Yeah. Then we'll have a big fight. Yeah. And that one will be, the jury's kind of out because mm -hmm. those have been I hit don't trust miss. it. Yeah. Those I don't have trust been hit it. Yeah. I think these powers are going to look kind of crazy when they're we'll trying to really duke it out. But we'll so. see. Oh, All I know is Amon Vellani's a star. Oh, I'm expecting Carol Danvers to show up in this. You think she does? Because yeah. I think the bangle activating does something. I hope we find out that it's the quantum band and all that stuff and we can start oh merging this, start explaining to people who Quasar is oh and why Quasar isn't Nova and why Nova isn't Captain Marvel and why Captain Marvel isn't Marvel and all this stuff we can start. <laughs> again, doing. we gotta yeah. do that Captain again. Captain Universe yes, is We already did that the For first the people time. people like me. Yeah, yes. the first time. Captain we Universe is none of these people. You know how many articles of those yeah. I wrote? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm hoping we get to, I mean, I hope all this goes down in the finale and we get some things that open up this from the cultural thing that we've had to the larger MCU, as people yeah. say in the comments. I mean, phase four, it's really been like great personal stories, hard to tie to larger MCU. It's yeah. been like the challenge. So I hope this one does it because we have literally another Marvel movie coming after this called The Marvels, and uh, we need to make that transition. Ah! So.
All right, what you guys think? <laughs> moving on of the boys finale. Wow, so, we moved from from yeah. Miss Marvel to wholesome the boys to finale. Not. <laughs> I don't know. We were talking well, about thirst traps in Miss Marvel. Finale, uh, I mean, this was all about fatherhood and family, and uh, yeah, I mean, and some people might say Jensen Eccles is a granddaddy. So you know, we're still on the same theme here. We're on similar <laughs> themes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got the boys finale. It dropped early. Thanks a lot, Amazon, because I had to stay up all night writing up stuff I thought I was going to be able to write this morning. But, um, yeah, um, I, I reviewed the boys season three finale for comic book. You can read it on comicbook.com TV. And here's what I'll say is the boys season three had some of the best action sequences that we've seen and thrilling moments we've seen from the series for sure. Jensen Eccles was a fantastic yeah. addition to this cast and to this season and his soldier boy was, it's hard to be as much of a scene stealer as Anthony Starr as Homelander, yeah. but uh, Jensen Eccles certainly at the very least, you know, held it down and kind of kept that mm -hmm. pace. And he was a great addition, like I said. Beyond that, um, I thought this was kind of a weaker season. I think that this one was a lot of smoke and mirrors. There was a bunch of hero gasm, touting and all that, but it didn't really move things forward in any significant way to me. I think this was just a very much a character retrospective season where each character had to kind of go through their own personal stuff and, you know, kind of get to a slightly new place by the end of the season. Whether it was Homelander dealing with feeling alone and doing that and where he ends up or Huey trying to feel like he's not powerless and useless or Butcher kind of having his obsession kind of, you know, constantly messing up the close relationships in his life and him having to think about that and where he ends up, you know, mother's milk and Frenchly had their own personal, you know, independent movies going about like redemption and getting over trauma and all that stuff. So all of that stuff I get. And the cast, I mean, the cast really did deserve the chance to <laughs> do more than shock and awe us and show us like, yeah, we're actors. We act and, you know, we act well. Yeah. Because there were a lot of great performances out of this season and a lot more actual acting out of this season. And so I get it. But um, yeah, it's just starting to feel like the boys is not inevitable, is not in, you know, is not immune to that streaming series issue where you start to get into that third, second, third seasons where things don't feel like they're progressing enough. So that's just me. What do you guys think? I, I mean, I, this is crazy, but I really do agree with... I, I thought the season was extremely strong, and I loved the season. But in order for this season to make an impact, and I don't want to say this because I hate losing characters, but people need to die. Like, people need... Like, people we love and cherish need to be gone. So, spoilers. When certain people you think have left us show up not gone, it just kind of makes it all like stagnant, like nothing progressed, nothing happened. There is no like bow on top. There's no like conclusion. And that's the, that's for me, this episode dropped it for me because this season I was eating it up and loving it, but not having the finality of of death, which is what they were working towards the entire season was someone gonna die. Yeah. Someone did die. We well, I mean, people are you, we're kind of split on spoilers right now yeah. in the comments. But somebody did die. 
I mean, yeah, and someone's... No, but even I said in the review, was like, the least expected person died in this. Yeah. And is the only person who died, yeah. so, you It's know. just, yeah, and it's, I don't know. That I, I that kind of dropped it for me as much as I love to be like, oh my God, my favorite character's back. Like, it still kind of takes the value. It takes it away. It takes it, the impact away. The yes. voice was so what made it. So that's how I feel. The voice was what made it. I, I, you know, it's funny. I've really enjoyed the season. Like, I, I've me been too. more on the optimistic side. Yeah. Like, and really enjoyed what they've done. And it felt like a lot of their slow burn stuff paid off towards the end. Mm -hmm. And then this finale just felt like it just didn't quite get there. It was almost there a couple times, like two or three different times throughout the episode. You're like, okay, here's where we really hit the gear and we, we move. And then it would kind of go back, like <laughs> so take one step back and you're like, ah, and, and I agree with you because I think one of the, one of the two perceived deaths needed to happen yeah and so of those things i know someone else dies but i'm saying like and even that i wasn't a huge fan of like how that happened it made sense but i was just like ugh, like i don't know mm -hmm. it was it was kind of anticlimactic for me yeah and then when we get to the other ones i'm like seriously both like both you're gonna do it i don't know i was that that took a little bit of that out it, it lessened the impact and i do agree looking back now to your point there has been some real like butcher like if you look at where he started on this and where he is now, like it really is night and day. Like he has grown um, and processed yeah. a lot. Mother's milk has processed a lot, but I do agree that like, they're not necessarily like gigantically different places than they were. I do look forward to maybe in the next season though, because by the end of this one, we do finally get them kind of, there is kind of this coming back together yeah. thing. And that is nice because we've spent so much of this season apart split. Yeah. And then their own little worlds. I do hope next season we really actually get them as a group together mm -hmm. yeah. moving forward. Well, know? that's what I'm saying. Like the season did have a stronger kind of narrative thematically. It was all about family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was all about, you know, these dysfunctional families that could never quite come together and like them and people trying to figure out where they belonged, why, why they have these bonds or do not have these bonds. And it was consistent across the entire season. But like you said, I just don't think the payoff was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do set up exciting things for season four without spoiling. There is more of a ticking clock. Mm -hmm. yeah. There is an antagonist that's going to make things very complicated um, for them now uh, in the whole taking down Homelander thing is not so simple anymore. Uh, and there is a kind of uh, a bigger, larger mission than just killing somebody you got to do. There's like a potential redemption arc and all that. And if you read the comics, you can see where they're going to maybe shift some of the stuff around. Because they've taken out some characters, but they've added in some characters and some storylines can get moved around. But um, yeah, I'm thinking I wouldn't be surprised if season four was not the last season, though, is what I say. And if I hear there's going to be like season five, I'm going to be <laughs> on season four already because I think there's room to end this particular iteration of the story. And then you can do spinoffs, prequels, mm -hmm. yeah. whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I would watch, there's a lot in a prequel I would watch the more and more the show goes on. I'd watch young, like, Billy Butcher oh, kind yeah. of forming the boys and recruiting, like, Mother's Milk and all that. I'd watch Payback and, <laughs> and, like, all that stuff because they were hilarious in that classic team and just as a kind of parody of things. But, um, yeah, they still, they do need to wrap up this iteration. They can't keep this gravy, gravy train going forever. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of past the comics now, so it's just kind of, yeah. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, I mean, that's, that can actually be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I'm okay with that. So, all right. That's the boys finale.
Which one do we do? Let's talk about Stranger Things. Yeah. Okay, guys, we have to preface this. Matt just finished part two <laughs> last night. Um, last what? night, so I he is so hype. He is us like yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt's Matt's on right now because he just finished. Um, yeah, but uh, I've had great. a week to manage. You know, I've had a week to kind of process and deal with our emotions. Yes. Uh, when we talked to you last, I wanted to revisit this because when we talked to you guys last time, we had just started the fin the finale episodes, and mm -hmm. I think we had all watched like the penultimate the episode, one, yeah. yeah, Papa, and all that. But we hadn't seen the finale, and we knew we were in for emotional damage, and we were all just kind of preparing for that. And so now we're back here a week later. Um, so let's just talk about the finale episode. Uh, I don't think it's a secret. I mean, we can save some time here and we all unanimously thought this was like Stranger Things is killing it right now. Absolutely. And that finale episode was the biggest and best. And even at two and a half hours, like a Scorsese movie, like it went by so it went quick, by so yeah. quick yeah. and it felt really actually it didn't feel like that big and epic. It actually felt smaller and simple because they did the blessed thing we love, which is a simple structure. Here's the mission. Here's what we got to do. Of course, there's complications along yeah. the way, mm -hmm. um, but you can always follow what the basic overall mission was. Yeah. And it, it was kind of and it made use of everything. Um, so, yeah, I thought it went by and it was well done. And this was in a time where I'm saying like even Marvel movies and we'll get to this don't feel like cinematic as they used to and feel more like long TV shows. This felt like a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. This felt like an Amblin action adventure movie to the utmost in just that one episode. Man. Um, so, I mean, I'm just going in circles. I'll just be singing the praises, but there was also so much in this episode. There were, there were things I missed. I was uh, doing this other podcast that I do and we were talking about it and somebody mentioned Jason and like, what happens to Jason? I was like, wait, what? And I had to go back. <laughs> And look again, and I was like, oh my God. And I was like <laughs> scarred because I didn't see that the first time. Oh. Because I didn't realize. I was actually wondering. I was like, whatever happened to Jason? And then I saw, oh, Jason, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah he got Swiss was, cheese. He got grilled cheese. Yeah, that was, that was very really intense. intense. Yeah. And, I, and there was just so much happening. I had to go back, that, by the like, way, because yeah. when I saw it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Is that like I had to go? I had yeah. to rewind it. I was like, yeah. Oh my god! I, yeah, I, I lost moment. it on that. Yeah. yeah, because there's just so much happening, and like, yeah, and there's so much epic visuals and just music and the sequences that mm -hmm. you really do have to kind of watch this maybe a couple times. I've been building up to go back in because I'm really excited. And to the Duffer Brothers' credit, I want to watch this two and a half hour epic yep. thing again. But yeah. I got to get myself ready. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Stranger Things. And I have to eat so much crow because I came on here about that first episode <laughs> yep. and I went on and on and on about how this show may be past its prime and I don't know if Stranger Things can come back and blah, blah, blah. Man, they killed it. Um, yeah, there's only one order for me now to this show and it's season one, which is still like one of the best seasons of TV I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, season four, uh, season three, and then season two at the back. But uh, yeah, Stranger Things is more than back. It is killing it on the TV zeitgeist. And I like that they even threw another surprise in here and, and surprised us mm -hmm. about everything we thought we knew about Henry slash Vecna slash one. And we yeah. still learned something. And yeah. when you did learn it, the Duffer brothers have done a good job because so many people drop the ball on mythology. Like when they've been weaving together these big mythos across yeah. seasons and they've pulled this together so beautifully. Like as soon as they saw and you saw that one sequence of Henry finding like the smoke and then shaping it into the spider. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> how did you <laughs> and, uh, even, even yeah. between the end of the yes. season? How did I never get that? 
because I was sitting here and I was watching. I was like, what is the deal with the spiders? I was all Seinfeld it out. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, and I'm just like, what's the deal with the spiders? <laughs> wow. And uh, like, yeah, then you figure it out and you know, the mind flare, and then you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah, so of course, like, and it all comes together. And so, yeah, I'm sorry, Duffer Brothers. I'm my bad. Like, yeah, you guys still had it. You know. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Kofi just like literally summed it up perfectly. But the few things that stand out for me is obviously like the special effects are amazing. Yes. De-aging what they did with Eleven is is incredible. Like it didn't bug me and it does bug me in some other <laughs> like projects. Um, and then the acting of these young actors. Unbelievable. Like Max and her moment. Um, it just there, all of them had these like like scene stealing emotional moments of acting, and I'm just like I'm so impressed with these actors. I, I mean, they've really stepped it up. Yeah, I, you know me. I don't like the coming of age. Like I don't I like teenagers. Like kids, I like even more than teenage. But they are so endearing, and I'm loving watching them. And I just they do such a good job. Like everyone on the show is like at their strongest. These are definitely not the kids that hurt you in high school. Yeah, yeah. no, they are. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> I'm love, one of them. <laughs> as, as Kofi was talking about, the fact that, yes, there's this main through line, but what I love about the season is that what typically happens is most shows will like, okay, well, we got to get them all in the same place. And so you end up with like this weird filler episode or whatever, just to move the pieces around the board. And here they did such a good job of like working from where they were at so everyone has a vital role to play in the mm -hmm. final battle, but like they split into three groups across three different parts of the world. Right. And so you're but they all feel as connected. And the, the things that are uh, the obstacles that are in the way present really story, like really compelling storytelling opportunities, like with Eleven. Right. Like the fact that she can't do certain things or can't talk to certain people. Like there's so many things that they used the placement of everybody to enhance and typically that would be like oh well that would be looked at as a flaw or they would just try and shove everybody together so they could make it easier on themselves and everybody had a really like important part to play i i watched this it wasn't like last night but it was yesterday right so i watched this before i watched the other before i watched the boys and I felt like I probably did a disservice to the boy because <laughs> I was so hype after this. I was like, I was walking around like, oh my God, I was losing my mind. And then I, I probably let myself down by watching that because there's just no way to not leave this pumped. And then also just the setup they do for the, for the next season is really great setup. And it's really like, there's a lot of character stuff in that last part. Mm -hmm. uh, like one of the, the biggest things to me was just like, a great scene that you probably could have cut out if you really wanted to, but like Eleven being in her mind and like how she's still looking for yeah. her and it's just being this like black space. Like, I don't know, that scene just like hit me like really hard. I was just like, I don't know. There's there's so much great stuff coming into the next season. So I am stuck. Well, don't this, count this out Max. Kill. I mean, don't that count was out Max. Last week. Yeah. Mental warriors are still warriors. This, this oh, I, warriors. I think Max is back. But that's just me. Oh, oh. theory flying in. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Oh, he's, oh. he's in back. Yeah, season five theory. She's going to wake up. So how are we going to split them up now? Because you know they're going to split up again. No, I'm just kidding. I made that joke on Twitter that, you know, <laughs> there's only the fight. There's only a final battle left. But we're going to have to split up to do it. You know, mm -hmm. that's the Stranger Things way. But Everybody so, always has to split up split and up. go in their own way. They do it so well. Yeah, they do do it so <laughs> well. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's still going to be some twists. I'm looking forward to seeing Will get his redemption and, oh, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. be able to kick Vecna's butt. 
and actually use that damage to his advantage. And uh, yeah, I think I think Max is going to be the big kind of X factor. I don't know if she's going to be Vecna's vessel or kind of possessed by him. I think she's going to turn out to be. I think her and Billy will come back as these kind of like weird spirit warriors. I think that's what the whole sequence at the end is with Elle saying she knows she's kind of out there mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And Max being like half dead or whatever. But I think they'll be able to help from the inside and Billy will get like a good little redemption. You know. Heck yes. Barb might be there too. You know. Love Barb. Yeah, need everybody Give me come Barb. back. And now that we know there's one person responsible, somebody's gotta, everybody's got to come back and get their vengeance. So yeah. that'll, be, that'll be dope. Yeah. Barb comes in like Arya at the end, jumping with a knife. <laughs> wow, like, I got that reference. <laughs> yeah, that'd be um, that'd be amazing. But um, yeah, Stranger Things is just dope. So if you guys haven't been checking this out, and I think I said it, like I think this is the true successor to Amblin Entertainment. Like a lot of people try to be that, mm-hmm. but for this generation, you're talking about shows that bring kids into something where there's adventure, growing, you know, growing pains, dealing with real issues, scary stuff, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. Like, yeah, this is a successor to those Goonies movies and all that stuff we grew up with. And yeah. It's good to have it back. Yep. Because kids need to know that they're, you know, they gotta be scared. There's too much soft stuff before these kids. <laughs> um, all right. So that's Stranger Things season four. Dope AF. All right. That just leaves Thor Love and Thunder. So we are going to talk about Thor Love and Thunder in full spoilers. We did our reactions last week. So this is the part where all of our fans that have not been out to the theater yet, you want to hit that mute button because we're still going to talk comics, but we are going to do a review of Thor Love and Thunder. This is your spoiler warning. Hit that mute button if you haven't seen Thor 4. Janelle hasn't. She's putting her hands in her ears. <laughs> she does wow. not want to get spoiled. No, it's okay. So here we go. I'm All right. Excited. So uh, I did my Thor 4 reaction last week. I'm going to do a review right now and just say, I think Thor 4 is just fun. It, it's, it's not like the greatest accomplishment I've ever seen Marvel do. It's certainly not the worst. It's not even the worst in this franchise by a long shot. Um, Thor 2. So at the same time, there is... I mean, this feels like a very kind of simplified and scaled down Thor movie. It feels like there was a lot more to it that they cut. We know Christian Bale did a whole other movie that he was in <laughs> as Gora. And it was an excellent movie. And he's an excellent actor. Christian Bale can act in anything and he can do anything. In this movie alone, he is freaky scary. He's heartbreakingly like tragic, dramatic. He's funny and weird in one kind of like random sequence that's thrown in with him and children. Um, yeah, is kind of a, like a weird idiosyncratic kind of guy. Um, and by the end, like, yeah, it makes you really feel, you know, he can have an entire full circle kind of arc to his character. Um, and the way they portray Gore is really good in this. This kind of guy who creeps out of the shadows and is kind of master of all these shadow creatures. I would have loved to see him... You know, as always, these Marvel villains are great, but you always want more of them than we get yeah. in these movies. Mm-hmm. That's why I kind of like the Disney Plus series, too. But, like, yes, his gore was very good. And uh, I love Natalie Portman as Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor. Um, she was great. I particularly loved her in the action sequence, which is where I was kind of a little bit worried. Mm. But Natalie Portman, first of all, looks buff, like looks like a superhero while still being like still feminine Natalie Portman. Great kind of exercise and physique for that. And the way that they use Mighty Thor's powers and Mjolnir and the new features like Mjolnir's, you know, broken okay. pieces. That thing rules, by the way. That power like, set is kind awesome. Of come back together. <laughs> it's so good on screen. Yeah, it was really good. And the action sequences in this are pretty good, like for the most part. I was very entertained by all of those. 
And also the comedy. Like, I don't mind Thor Ragnarok. I think Taika Waititi is funny. And I think that I like, and people saying Marvel or Disney has turned Thor into this, like, non-masculine goofball is, like, the big criticism. But, guys, that's actually Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, the only reason he's still here is because after Thor 2 and that whole debacle, he went and was like, I'll do this, but I'm not doing, like, this leaning man dramatic like Thor stuff it's just nonsense and like I don't want to do that and so that's why he partnered with Taika because I do I personally like Thor this series being the kind of postmodern version of this MCU franchise universe era that doesn't take all this so seriously and is openly satirical about a lot of yeah. it and I like that Chris Hemsworth is able to play Thor and make fun of him while actually doing real kind of deeper genuine character work there is a genuine Thor story here, and it's about Thor, Odin's son, and, it, and Thor's been a consistent story in the MCU. Probably one of the best character ones across all these different films. Yep. About everything he's gone through, everything he lost, where he is emotionally and all that, which is in this one, he's kind of gotten back this bravado. He's not depressed fat Thor anymore. He's gotten back this bravado, but in a very subtle way, Taika Waititi is very good about getting underneath that using comedy and showing you how this guy is very still completely insecure, um, completely damaged from the things he's been through, and why it's such an issue when Jane then shows up again and, you know, brings up all this old stuff. And they do it beautifully and funny in this, where Thor is also kind of, there's this weird love triangle with his weapons and all that. And I love that Taika can have <laughs> fun with that, where a whole subplot of this film is, Thor not to try to make Stormbreaker jealous as he's kind of having feelings from seeing Mjolnir again and being like, you know, and there's a whole thing where he goes to the deck of the boat they're on just to check on Stormbreaker and see how it's feeling. And like him talking to an axe is just, it's hilarious to me. So I like this more, I think serious Thor would be laughing at it in the wrong way. Like Definitely. if I had still dramatic Shakespearean Thor, like, yeah, I wouldn't be on. And so I like this version of it because I think Hemsworth is still a leading man. He's just a different era of leading man yeah. that doesn't have to do the whole. I mean, he looks. I mean, that naked scene alone, there's nothing non-masculine about this dude. Like, <laughs> it's just the fun. The fact that he can laugh at himself and have fun with himself in his own persona. That's not a bad thing to me. So I like what Taika's done and I enjoyed this movie. And it brought fun back to MCU phase four films, which is something I haven't felt in a whole lot of large parts because even Spider-Man was dark and like yeah. Aunt May got murked and you know all this stuff is happening but this was fun even though we deal with really serious stuff and some real tragic stuff in this movie so yeah. it yeah. looks really fun yeah I mean I think I think you said it really really well I think my initial thing is just it's a really fun movie I I'm still kind of don't know where I put it as far as like rankings or anything yet, or, or even compared to, to Ragnarok. Um, I think Ragnarok hit different because it was so fresh at the time. It was so unexpected. Now you're going in and you know this is a Taika movie. And I'm already kind of on the, like, I'm already a little critical of the MCU formula as far as like, we got to crack a joke. Like, it feels like sometimes you have a quota, you got to crack so many jokes or whatever. Obviously, this is... This doesn't, I don't knock this for those same things because you know what, this is a specific type of movie. This is a Taika Chris movie. You know what you're getting in that respect. So I can't really, like, I can't knock it for being unquestionably what it, what it is. Whether I love that style or not, apply to this story because 
Jane's run as Thor in the books is one of my favorite Thor runs. It's fantastic. Jason Aaron's work in that book with her is fantastic. And part of the reason why it hits is because it was, it was all these payoffs over this really awesome course of time. You had time to really feel for her and, and get into her personal story with this battle between like, when I become Thor, I stop the, the healing process of like my body can't recover, but then I also don't have to deal with that when I'm Thor, like all those conflicts she has. So here it's bundled. It's like they made room to do all those fun Thor things at the expense of giving like that took away time from her story. And that's really what I care about here. And then Gore's story. So I feel like I liked it, but it was just like, man, I almost wish we would have saved that or introduced her here and then save the real part for like a separate movie. Cause here it felt like we're trying to do too much at once. And I felt like her story kind of got compartmentalized with some other stuff. And I would rather kick the other stuff and just focus on her. Yeah, I think there was especially where we get by the end. Yeah. I think there's missed opportunity because there is supposed to be a whole, and I think there might've been a deeper at one point story about, you know, faith and yeah. you know, what you put your faith in and is that rewarded and like how you believe. Right. And, you know, they tried to bring that all together with Jane, you know, making the yeah. decisions that she makes in the third act. But that's and, hard to do in yeah. two and you yeah, know, two hours is. and you're fitting all yeah. these other people in here. And I think that the heavier parts of this, which, you know, they don't leave out and then we're talking spoilers. So they don't leave out the cancer storyline. Yeah. That's a very big part of this, but they only do it in about two scenes that right. they touch on it. One with Kat Dennings, and one with Chris Hemsworth, where they actually have conversations. And those scenes are both excellent. Right. But I think they were scared of making it too heavy. But like, you don't have any time to process them. No. You have no time to explore those as concepts. And then it kind of shortchanges no, them. It's heavy for like all of a minute. Yeah. And then they go back into the irreverent. And that's the stuff thing. I yeah. really wanted to, to when, they, when they kept throwing around the mature Taika story, I was really excited because we've seen him tackle yeah. that kind of dark subject matter for a long period of time and really get into it. And here I just felt like, okay, I, I understand the, I understand the fun, the fun aspects of it, but like, could we remove some of that and, and put her back in? So that was my only thing, especially when we're at towards the end. I mean, I go, yeah. Okay. And I thought they kind of have faked, they fake people out, but I get Natalie Portman just wanted to kind of maybe come through and, you know, bring, if I, I, I did the interviews for Thor too. And that was one of the most awkward interviews I have ever done in my life. No joke, because she was so unhappy. She was so ready to do a movie with Patty Jenkins, yeah. mm -hmm. and they were going to make this whole thing. And I think they would have pushed things this way a lot earlier. Right, I do too. And then when that all fall, it fell apart, and we just got the dark world, Natalie Portman sat in that room, and she just looked like that Ben Affleck stare, like just thousand yard stare like she did not want to be there and that's why she left like after that like yeah. she was done with marvel so i'm glad she kind of came come back around and you know and and her whole thing at that time was like yeah there's like this playing this damsel she was one of the first to say like playing all these girlfriends and like damsel in distress this is crap like i want to pick up a hammer and like smash yeah. people that's so, great love it it's good that she got to come around and do this i thought she might hang around longer but i get why these actors are not going to sign up for this for like 10 years now right um, but hopefully we get to go back sometimes and fill in some, cause Marvel loves to do this, some backstory fills. We'll right. see mm -hmm. the mighty Thor appear here and there. But, um, yeah. What'd you think about the post-credit scenes? Uh, cause we got some post-credit scenes first. Uh, our boy from Ted Lasso. 
Brett Goldstein, who plays uh, Rory and Ted Lasso, and is also one of the writers of that show. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he's that's what he was. They liked him so much when he was a writer. <laughs> that's amazing. That they God, were like, yo, you're gonna play Rory, and he was like, all right. <laughs> so he awesome. came in, he's joining the MCU as Hercules. Yeah, Hercules, Hercules. And so, like, yeah, he has a post credit scene with Russell Crowe's Zeus because Zeus is pissed, the worst stole his thunderbolt, impaled him, and he wants to bring the old gods back into power. And so, he's gonna have he unleashes Hercules to go kill Thor. So, that's kind of what's next for the Thor solo series. And I'm interested to see what they do, because is that going to be another Taika one? Because I'm not, like, certain off the bat that, like, the next chapter of Thor would be a Taika. But here, man, I, but with a character, like, with as fun, here's the thing. It really just depends on what their take on Hercules is. In the books, when Hercules is allowed to be this kind of funny, goofy powerhouse and cheery, he's, like, very cheery sometimes, depending on who's writing him. He's amazing. I love that kind of version of it. That's perfect for Taika, right? That's a that's a Korg in his hands, right? Like he could do wonders with that. If they go kind of the more self serious route, then you know maybe not. But but even then, like I'm I'm excited for that. That could be really really fun. And also it ties into the I love that it ties brings in Zeus and it brings in the, the overall gods and the the argument there is actually compelling as far as like you know he has a point, right? <laughs> like they're taking us. They look they look at these other heroes as miniature gods they don't need us anymore like, i can see that and especially with like so i'm i'm good for that i think i'm excited for that one. yeah i'm gonna see a god war when everybody's left <laughs> god war all right so uh what about the thing and i i mean i did get a little teary-eyed at the end and i don't know i and i felt like i was like marvel your <sighs> manipulations um yes the last scene the post credit the post credit scenes is that uh jane because there's a whole little blurb in this about what you do to get in Valhalla yeah. and she dies in battle as Thor and ends up in Valhalla where she's greeted by Idris Heim, uh, Elba's Heimdall. Um, poor Loki, I guess, didn't make it, but, uh, you know, that's the breaks when you're evil. But, uh, yeah, so Jane's in Valhalla, which in Marvel means, you know, everything they do now is the same. They put people in little pockets yeah. in there like, they're gone, yeah. but we could bring them back in Valhalla. If you know anything about Marvel lore, there is a routine yeah. kind of recycling of Asgardian lives and Asgard and stuff like that. Well, and and it's weird, though, too, because because so. this was their out. Yeah. Right. So like Jane becomes Valkyrie, a Valkyrie, the leader of the Valkyries at one point in the books, right after her time as Thor. So it makes total sense. They put her here. The thing is, in the comics, they hadn't really positioned MCU's Valkyrie in that spot. So it kind of like there was this whole legacy passing and things like that that kind of preceded her in the comics. So here it's a little different. You've already got someone, even though she's busy with Asgard and stuff. But like, it's, I am curious to see kind of what they do, be cool what kind of role they put her in. Because they have done with uh, Tessa Thompson's character about what happened to all her sisters and all yeah. them being killed. Um, it'd be cool if, if in the next Endgame event, like Jane comes yeah. in and saves she the day. She restarts the core, Valkyries right? yeah. and like they all come riding in. That'd be badass. Yeah. So I mean, badass. I want to see it. They I have need a built-in way to get her back. Yes, in. I need that. I need to see Jane Foster ride in with a whole squad of Valkyries that just get off the horses and be like, "What a force!" and just start spearing people <laughs> right next to the door of Milaje. They're all together. <laughs> wow. They're like, "What up, Black yeah, Queens? What up, like White it. Queens? All you Valkyries?" Although this is a mixed Valkyries, though. Be crazy. Though. Um, yeah. So Thor: Love and Thunder is out now. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, it's something to have fun with. Uh, I don't, I don't see this getting mad and I think it's worth the theater because I think rare, like this is one 
you should watch with a crowd. You should laugh with a crowd. You should get a little serious at the moments with a crowd. This is a crowd pleaser. So I, I would recommend watching it. Yeah. All right. So that's that. Now we got minuscule time left over, yeah. but let's talk books. And uh, I mean, it's probably good because this is a DC fest this week. It was. It was a DC <laughs> fest. Uh, well, we had a lot of Marvel news up top, so we bounced yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Batman number t- uh, 125, which is one uh, I've been excited about because Chip Zanarski starts his Batman run. And I have yet to read anything in recent memory that Chip wrote that I didn't like. And spoiler, I really like Batman. <laughs> yeah, there's any <laughs> artwork in this. This is some of the best. Uh, this Batman. is uh, George Jimenez, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it's some of the best work he's Gorgeous. done on Batman. Like, there's one thing when he's running up on a criminal yeah. down a hallway, and I was like, "Holy crap, that is a great Batman!" <laughs> it's, it's stunning. And we've seen some gorgeous Batman books, yeah. right? But yeah, this is stunning artwork, and I love here too that I mean, one of my favorite. I love when they use Penguin in yeah. a fun and interesting way, and here he's propped up on this like kind of pedestal of like, hey, we're going to show why Penguin is a cool villain. And it's and it saves some twists for towards the end. And that leads to, to th- other threads that can open up here in the future. And Batman is still, you know, this is all in the uh, fallout of Joker War and stuff. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff that happened. It felt like eons ago. I did like that they brought back... Uh, Oh my God, the broker. That yeah. was fun to see. Yeah. I was like, man, someone bring back designer. I love this. Uh, Brian was in the comments <laughs> saying Selena out here living reckless. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that too, right? Yeah. Uh, we just read Batman Catwoman. Just Cat read Woman. Batman Catwoman, yeah. bro. But uh, yeah. clearly that and that was uh, yeah, in its own little continuity. Fast. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that we're we're dealing with the Robin stuff was really interesting too. Like how they how they dealt with that, his relationship with Tim. Yeah. And I'm happy to have Tim back. Yeah. Tim's, it's, Tim's great. It, yeah. There was just a lot of really good stuff here. So for kicking off a new run, I mean it's 125, right? So it's not like it started with a new number one or anything. I really feel like this is a perfect onboarding point. I really thought they did a good job of getting you up to speed enough. And then let's move you into this. And it's a nice take on Batman. I love the penguin stuff. I'm I'm good with Ron. What do you guys do you guys think? Um, yeah, there's something about Batman villains at the end that they're always best. Like this was some Riddler hush type stuff that Penguin pulls off. <laughs> yeah. And like, again, like in hush, Riddler is the most unassuming person, but turns out to be yeah. kind of the most cunning one. But, uh, and Penguin, like you said, there's a lot that Chip Zdarsky gets about Penguin that he, he kind of does. And there's just funny conversations in here about you know, wealth and elitism and all that. And I Batman's just that like, part. yo, bro, what are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know, I love yeah. that part. I love that and part. I love that Penguin can kind of sense stuff about Batman without knowing who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is like, you are a rich dude. Like, yeah. clearly you're a rich boy. Like, you know, and he can suss out all that stuff. But it's a pretty diabolical plan. And that's what Penguin is, is diabolical. And like, you know, he pulls something off at the end. I mean, there's even fake outs with Clayface. It's like classic Batman stuff in here. And none of this is... And this is what Chip Zdarsky does so well. None of this is new. Yeah. Not a single piece of this is new. Not one of this. I mean, you know, dying villain, Terminator villain doing stuff to really screw the hero one last time. Not new. Um, yeah, all that. But he does it in a way that is really kind of fresh and exciting because he knows the characters and the beats and it all feels interesting about the character work he's doing here. Yeah. And so now Bruce has no money He's like sleeping in a flop house <laughs> and now he's got this whole like back to Batman is not yeah. this uneasy alliance with the police, which is kind of classic Batman. So, yeah, exciting stuff to jump off. And it doesn't have to be as big and crazy like a Joker war. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just Batman new status quo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's like perfectly said. It, agreed. I mean, it just it's beautiful. I love 
like the artwork, the storyline is really easy to follow. Yeah. You can pick it up and you know what's happening. If you have any clue on any of these villains, like you're going to just be so excited to see them. And yeah, just an easy and fun read. Again, one of those ones I kind of just like escaped into. Yeah. I didn't really realize that I was at the end. I'm like, no, wait, what? I'm at the end. <laughs> no, I did. This one was long, but like I got to the end and then I was like, wait, that's the end? Yeah. Oh, but I do like the ending as well. Like, and I'm very curious to see where we go from here because we got some news that, well, I don't, I'm not spoiling, but where we go from here is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And even the backup had a great little tie into like the, what that fallout leaves. Mm -hmm. And even that stuff is kind of like, I'm, I'm interested to, I hope they keep doing those because I want to follow that. Uh, let's move into Dark Crisis number two, which the opposite again <laughs> is huge. Yeah. This one's on an epic scale. Uh, this one's huge. Still very Batman centric though, because yeah, yeah. of Nightwing, right? It, it's very Bat family Centric. This is really just about the showdown between Deathstroke and his army against the Titans. And it does not go as you would. It, it goes as you would expect and also as not like you would expect at the same time. I was very kind of mm -hmm. conflicted on how that battle played out. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the great. I mean, I thought I really liked the stuff with just the showdown between them. And honestly, I could have had that for I felt like there was a little bit cut short and then mm -hmm. we moved into other stuff, which I like some of the other stuff, but I was just like, man, I, I would have taken a whole issue of just, let's just have that battle. Let's have more back and forth between yeah. them. And then you get the typical, like, we're going to leave Dick, you alive. Talking about Dick Grayson <laughs> and, and Slade. Yeah. 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 That's it just, it just felt like, I don't know why we moved off of that. Like really give it a finite point. You know, and, and instead it just feels like you meddling kids and then he walks away. Why would you ever? I understand you have to do that for a reason, but like you don't want to kill everybody. But I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was conflicted. I still enjoyed the issue a lot, mostly because I do feel like it presents some interesting things for Dick as a leader. Yeah. Because you have Titans leaving. People are like, no, I'm not giving my life for this. This is not worth it. I came to school because I, I thought it'd be fun to be a superhero. I love some of the reality of that. But like, I don't know, I was hoping for more of that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, uh, and to link our two books together and for a time too, or at least last two books, it has been a little confusing to read Dark Crisis and Flashpoint Beyond together yeah, in the I same agree. timing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because just like all the things that are going on with this multiverse yeah, yeah. event, like they're kind of related to each other, but like... Not really. Not really. Yeah. And it, it gets, the bleed over gets to be a little bit confusing, but... I got to say that I'm enjoying Flashpoint Beyond a little bit more. Um, I think that's the more interesting story here because Dark Crisis is another one of those things that it's, it should be a simple premise. Um, it's kind of testing this new generation without yeah. the Justice League there to protect them. Um, but I feel like it's getting lost in its own intents and like focuses of like, like you said, you could have done this chapter very easily just with Slade and Nightwing and just about is this generation ready? Well, yes, there's Dick Grayson here. And even though they're not fully ready, there is the there there is the meat of what they need to get there and become this next generation of heroes led by people like Nightwing. Yeah. Um, and so but I think, like you said, there's just too much stuff getting thrown in with with Black Adam. Now, the leader of the Justice League, there's all this other stuff that's happening. Pariah, the, I can't stand the pariah story of all this. <laughs> it's just I don't like pariah. He's a weak character. Just give me just give me dark side, like just get him out of the way. But yeah, so um, it's kind of a mixed bag, but I did like, again, there is some real good character stuff in here, yeah. like about Dick Grayson, about the Titans, about, you know, you know, in just Slade 
getting brutal with like Beast Boy and all of that stuff. Like, yeah. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me. Do you or do you kind of? Yeah, I mean, of the three, this one was the least memorable for me. But I really enjoyed all of them. Yeah. I and I'm. I am kind of a little burned out on DC stuff and Batman stuff and and but I the more that I'm putting in the work and getting to know these characters and seeing them and recognizing them the more it really does pay off. And so I I thought it was it was definitely worth reading. Yeah. But it didn't stand out as much as the other two for me. Yeah. Uh, and I'll on his note of Flashpoint Beyond. I really have been into like that that third issue with all the dent stuff and the back and forth and then also the superman of it all mm -hmm. and we've seen that story play out so many times and yet finding a fresh take on that and a fresh relationship with thomas because thomas as was pointed out to me like your immediate reaction is like oh man you really do suck sometimes <laughs> why do you suck so much but he's got a point yeah. and in his mind none of this should exist so why am i going to get into your it does make sense i i have to give him credit um, and then our, I will say our last book is Poison Ivy number two. Yes. Uh, by the way, we had a tie. We've never had a tie in the poll. <laughs> so that's why we had Poison Ivy two and Flashpoint Beyond <laughs> number three. Uh, Poison all Ivy Batman, two. All the time. Yeah, it was a lot of DC this week. Um, Poison Ivy number two. Again, I, I really enjoyed this for moving. This is a character study. That's what this mm -hmm. book is. And so far, I'm really intrigued by it. It always ends in a really weird place for it me. Does. I never feel like that the last two, the first two issues kind of always end abruptly for me. And I don't know why. Maybe that's just the me and how I'm reading a thing. But I always need like one more page of something to really hook me for the next one. Mm -hmm. But I but I still really enjoyed it. Um, but what would you say your, your favorite book out of the week is? Would it be Batman? Probably Batman, probably oh. Batman, but Poison Ivy. God, I just love looking at her. I love, I love the way she, she's just so hot. Like, I just love her outfits. I love the alternative covers. Yeah. I love, just, I love her. And I relate to her because I do care about the environment a lot. So, like, <laughs> I'm like, I yell at my fiance when he doesn't recycle, like, a plastic bag. So, um, I, I don't know. I just, like, relate to her. And I'm like... I, it, I'm, I guess I'm like an evil villain, like Kofi called me out because I'm like, well, she's trying to save the, the planet, so. So let's have what's all a little murder. That are bad. Yeah, what's a little murder? And wow. like the, the death the world, is really beautiful though. Like she yeah. like makes sure people are not in pain and they're almost in bliss. And like it, they turn into like, they decompose into like the earth. It's just, I just love, I don't know. It's refreshing. It's a different side. It's not just. Hey, I'm knifing people in the streets and there's blood everywhere. I need to investigate it's a yard a at the following address. Dig, bring, bring the bone sensors, look into this yard. I just think it's different. Because like a lot of these comics are kind of like, hey, I'm a superhero, here's lasers out of my eyes. Hey, I'm a superhero, I'm really good with a knife. Yeah. Like I shoot people. Like the, she's just really unique. Yeah. And seeing Agreed. her in comics has been really cool. Because like awesome. I'd only ever seen her in animation and animation movies, and movies and yeah. so it's it's really nice to explore her because i do like a deep dive on poison ivy nice um, yeah one thing we didn't say about dark crisis because there's too much in there but uh yeah there were also some fun reunions in that book uh kyle rayner yeah meeting, my uh, boy's back meeting what's your name for the first time <laughs> like i didn't know that was the first time they'd ever met i'm not up on green oh Lantern. joe yeah, yeah. And joe yeah they yeah. haven't uh, and, uh, there was another meeting in there that happened that was uh, a lot of fun what was the other one? Oh, i forget i forget anyway i'm not gonna stump that hard for dark crisis 
Yeah, I was uh, very Green excited the Kyle Rayner's in the group. Yeah, the Green Lantern Corps coming. Oh, there was just fun things like Cyborg I, Superman versus like uh, yeah, Jonathan, that was really cool. Yeah, and all that stuff. He got a ring. He got a ring back. So Kyle Rayner's back. Kyle Rayner for life, baby. Kyle Rayner for life. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We told you you're your one-stop spot for all things geek culture. Today you learned why we did Marvel, we did movies, we did TV, we did DC, we did wrestling. Man, it's been a lot. But uh, we want to thank you guys for hanging out. As always, if you are just somehow stumbling into this show in Season 4, we're on your podcast and streaming platforms. Find us. Otherwise... We will see you guys again next week. You can talk to us um, when we're off the show all week. You can find uh, me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. I feel Rich has had these graphics loaded up and we haven't used them in like <laughs> weeks. Thank you, Rich and everybody and Peter <laughs> you, and all Rich. our producers. Well, Thanks, we will Peter. see you guys next week. We are Comic Book Nation. Peace. Bye, guys.